Why would you talk about gates? Well, because we live right beside a city that, that has gates, the gates of Londonderry. Seven gates to the walled city. wonder could you rhyme them all off? Well, I can rhyme them off tonight because they're uh, in front of me on a piece of paper. Um, the four original gates, Ship Key Gate, Bishop's Gate, Butcher Gate, and Ferry Key Gate, which of course was the gate that the apprentice boys shut on uh, the Jacobite army in December 1688. You've got the three other gates, the Castle Gate, the New Gate, and the Magazine Gate, which these three gates were added between 1790 and 1888. By the way, thank you for your prayers for the outreach on Friday. We were beside the Magazine Gate, uh, having an open air and giving out the tracts. And I have to say, there was a miracle in the weather. Because I went with very little faith. I was sort of wondering, is this going to be a morning for outreach? But we, we, we went on ahead and uh, the sun came out. And there was glorious sunshine for an hour or two while we were there. And then when we packed, were packing up to come home, the heavens opened. So, so it was just perfect timing. So thank you for your prayers and pray for the gospel as it went forth and for the tracts that were distributed. The story of Sailor Bill, lovely wee tract that was given out. And another tract, uh, it is finished, football themed, relating to the finished work of Christ. And um, I have to say, most people took the tracts. You always get somebody, there's always one who'll refuse the tract or they'll walk 10 yards and just drop it like a piece of litter. Uh, At which point I always race after them and pick up the tract. One thing I cannot do is, let, if I see a gospel tract on the ground, I cannot let it sit there. I have to lift it. Too precious. Maybe it'll be the means of somebody being saved. So we have to lift it up again and, and give it to somebody else. But what about the gates of Jerusalem? That's what we want to think about now. Maybe sometime we will have a series on the gates of Londonderry. I don't know. We'll see how the Lord leads. But the gates of Jerusalem, that's what we're thinking about tonight and in the Sunday evenings to come. There were 12 gates that were repaired by Nehemiah and the Jews who returned from Babylon. 12 gates in the old Jerusalem. Just as there will be twelve gates in the new Jerusalem, in heaven, our heavenly home as believers. Wonder are you going to be there? Are you going to see the twelve gates of the new Jerusalem? You read about those gates in, in Revelation chapter twenty one. But we're thinking about the twelve gates in the book of Nehemiah. You've got ten gates in chapter three. And you've got two gates then in other uh, parts of the book. And we want to just go through the individual gates and we want to see what the Lord has to say to us through them. What's the message of the gates? 
Tonight it's the sheep gate. Let's come to this sheep gate that was the first gate to be repaired. So you read in Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse 1, Then Eliashib the high priest rose up. It was time to rise up and build. The time for praying was over. The time for talking and lamenting was over. It was time to get up and to build. And so Eliashib, the high priest, he gets up and with his brethren, the priests, you say these are the, the, the clergymen, the ministers, they're, they're leading the way. It's always good when the clergymen lead the way and are boldly leading at the front. Bold and fearless like lions. Problem today in the West is there are too many clergymen like lemmings. No, no boldness. The first sign of danger and they're running for the hills. And you see, whatever way the, the religious leaders are, then it rubs off on the congregations of the land. The problem always starts at the top. It always starts with those who are in leadership. And if God can get a hold of those in leadership, fill them with his spirit uh, and set them on fire, then good things are in store. But woe betide the church where there's a fearful leader and a leader who has gone astray and has gone out of the will of God and departed from the word of God. But that wasn't the case for the high priest in Nehemiah's time and these other priests. They roll the sleeves up and they say, right, time to build the sheep gate. Why did they start with the sheep gate? Well, you see, that was the, the gate uh, by which the animals were brought into the temple for sacrifice. The temple had been rebuilt. And now the walls are being rebuilt and the sheep gate has to be rebuilt. And this is where the sheep and the, the bullocks and all the animals are brought in that are going to be sacrificed on the brazen altar in the temple and their blood is going to be shed. So this gate, the sheep gate, speaks of sacrifice. And this is where Nehemiah and his Colleagues begin, and this is where they end. You see, folks, let me say this tonight. Everything starts and ends with the cross. The sheep gate is all about the cross of Christ. And in the work of God, you've got to begin with the cross and you end with the cross too. It's all about the cross. I've been asked to speak at a, a disabled Christian fellowship on Saturday in the Baptist church. Only found out this afternoon. Um, Pastor Henry phoned me this afternoon. I thought, what's up now? What, what did I say this morning? But he, he said, I've, I've been, I've, I've, I'm in sort of a pickle here. He said, um, I've got my wires crossed. Could you help me out? Could you speak for me at a meeting next Saturday afternoon? For I'm, I have something else. I'm, I'm double booked and I can't go. So I said, that's all right. It's in the city. I'll do my best to help you out. But it's, apparently it's in the Baptist church. 
And you know, I couldn't help but think, think, folks, about the Baptist church generally and the fact that the great C.H. Spurgeon was a Baptist minister, a Baptist pastor. Well, what's C.H. Spurgeon got to do with the message tonight? Well, you see, Spurgeon used to often say, uh, uh, whenever I preach any sermon, I make a beeline for the cross. As soon as I get started and get into the sermon, I make a beeline for the cross. And in a sense, folks, in the work of God, that's the way it always must be. Whether it's Sunday school, children's meeting, Sunday service, outreach, whatever it is, we must make a beeline for the cross. We must go to the sheep gate. You see, it's at the sheep gate, or if you like, it's at the cross that the Christian journey begins. And if you're here tonight and you're not saved, this is where you must start. You need to start at the sheep gate, the place of sacrifice, and it's called Calvary. There's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open and you may go in at Calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to Jesus. Lovely wee chorus. We'll sing it at the end. But tell me this. Have you got to the sheep gate? Have you got to Calvary's cross? Have you begun to walk the narrow way? So the sheep gate was the first gate that was built. Let me say something else about this gate. It was special. Special. How do I know that? Well, look at um, the end of verse 1, Nehemiah 3 verse 1. It says, They sanctified it and set up the doors of it even unto the tower of Mia they sanctified it twice it says they sanctified it what that means is they made it special Eliashib and the other priests they made the sheep gate special in the work of the church, in the ministry of the gospel, we must make the sheep gate special. We must make the cross of Christ special. Because it is special, you know. The cross is special. The cross is sanctified. It's interesting when you look at the other gates in Nehemiah chapter 3. You don't read that any of the rest of them were sanctified. Doesn't mention anything about the other gates being sanctified. No, no, it's just the sheep gate. It's just this particular gate. There's something special about it. And of course, folks, the reason why it's special is, is because it points forward to the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sadly, to a lot of people today, the cross is not special. Maybe even, and it's hard to believe, but maybe even to someone in here tonight, and to you, the cross is not special. 
I don't know. I don't. I can't see your heart. Only the Lord can see it. But even though the cross may not be special to you or the people out there, the cross is special to God the Father. God the Father. Because in Ephesians chapter 5, and if you turn to it for a moment, Ephesians 5 and verse 2, we read there about how the cross of Christ is special to the Father. Ephesians 5 verse 2. So give your fingers a wee bit of exercise there if you've got a Bible. Ephesians 5 verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savour. The cross of Christ is like a sweet perfume to God the Father. It is. It's nice to smell a sweet fragrance, isn't it? Something refreshing about a pleasant perfume. It's almost therapeutic, you would say. Something reviving, refreshing, invigorating about it. I want to tell you folks, the cross of Christ is special, it's sacred to God the Father. God the Father, as it were, smells a sweet aroma coming from Calvary where his beloved son shed his blood. So even if the cross is not special to you tonight, it's special to God the Father. The cross, of course, is special to believers as well. If you're saved tonight, it's it's sanctified to you. It's special to you. If it's not special to you, you're not saved. It's not possible that you're saved. You couldn't possibly be saved if the cross means nothing to you. But if you're truly a believer, truly born again tonight, um, it will be special to you. You'll come here on a Sunday evening, on a wet October night, just to hear about the cross. Well, how do I know that the cross is special to believers? Well, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 2. And Paul is speaking here. And in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, this is what he says. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ. And he doesn't leave it there. And him crucified. You see, Jesus Christ, his teachings... His miracles, his parables, the whole lot of it, 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 it's meaningless without the cross. The parables, the miracles of Christ can do nothing for a perishing sinner. But the cross can do everything for him or her. Thank God tonight that that Paul could say, Jesus Christ and him crucified. The text over the pulpit, you, you look at it every week, we preach Christ crucified. And it's only in Christ crucified that you find hope 
for eternity. And those of us who have found that hope in the cross, in the finished work of the cross, that cross is special to us. You see, on Thursday night we looked at William Tyndale, burned at the stake for translating the Bible into English. William Tyndale loved the cross. He wanted people to be able to read about the cross in their own language. That's why he was willing to have his body burned at the stake. So that would happen. In fact, we told you on Thursday night that he was actually strangled before he was burned. He died by strangulation. Strangled by the Church of Rome. Church of Rome has changed, you know, honestly. Roman Catholic Church has changed. They're worse than ever. They're worse than they've ever been. Happened to listen on the way down to Limavady this morning, the morning service, morning mass from Ligonil in Belfast. Didn't do me much good, but I just kind of listened out of curiosity just to, to see the darkness that people are, are, are listening to every week. Pray for the Roman Catholic people. Seek to reach them. That's why we were out on Friday in Guildhall Square. We can all do something to reach the lost and to bring the message of the cross to them. Because it is precious, it's special. In the cross of Christ I glory, towering o'er the wrecks of time, all the light of sacred story gathers round its head sublime. When the woes of life overtake me, hopes deceive and fears annoy, never shall the cross forsake me, lo it glows with peace and joy. When the sun of bliss is beaming, light and love upon my way, from the cross the radiance streaming adds more luster to the day. Being and blessing, pain and pleasure, by the cross are sanctified, peace is there that knows no measure, joys that through all time abide. The sheep gate was the first gate to be built. The sheep gate was special. Let me finish tonight by saying that the sheep gate was never locked. Never locked. I want you to, to, to get that tonight. Look at verse 1 again. Nehemiah chapter 3 verse 1. It says, Then Eliashib the high priest rose up with his brethren the priests, and they builded the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it. Even unto the tower of Miah, they sanctified it unto the tower of Hananil. Folks, there's something missing from that verse that you find in the other verses that describe the building of the other gates. I want you to notice this. This is important now. There's no mention of locks. Now, if you have your finger in Nehemiah chapter 3, you look at it there. Look at Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse 3. This describes the fish gate. It speaks there about the locks thereof. You notice that in verse 3? The locks thereof. So the fish gate was locked. You notice verse 6. Moreover, the old gate. So this is the old gate now. And notice down at the end of the verse, the locks thereof. Fish gate locked, old gate locked. Move to verse 13. 
the valley gate. The locks thereof. Look at verse 14. Next verse. It's the, the dung gate. Look. The locks thereof. Verse 15. The gate of the fountain. Guess what? The locks thereof. See, all these other gates were locked. Only opened when necessary. But not the sheep gate. It was never locked. Do you know the, the wonderful lesson that comes to us is this. And it's, it's, it's very simple. It's oh so simple. And I love simplicity when it comes to the word of God. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ is freely available to all people all the time. It's never locked. Access to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ is always freely available. There's never a lock. There's no lock in sight. Everyone can come. And they can come at any time. And they can still come tonight to the sheep gate. Where the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ flowed. And even someone perhaps in here tonight. Someone listening to the CD. Someone listening online. You can come to the sheep gate tonight. For it's not locked. And you can enter in uh, and just buy at the old rugged cross. A poor hopeless lost sinner. And you can say Lord Jesus I come to you. And I need you to do a miracle in my life. And I need you to save me or I need you to restore me. And I pray Lord that you will help me to repent. And I pray that you will uh, lead me and help me to follow you for the rest of my life. Thank God tonight for this sheep gate. Never locked. No locks. There was no padlocks on this gate. And the people could enter in. I wonder will you enter in tonight? Someone listening. Will you enter in by the sheep gate tonight? Will you enter in at the cross of Christ tonight? Because as the hymn writer says, the hymn we have already sung tonight, there's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for everyone in this service tonight who has entered in through the sheep gate. They have come to the cross of Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that they have found a refuge for time and for eternity. We pray tonight for any here tonight who have not entered through the sheep gate. They've never been to the cross. Lord, we pray for them tonight that you will bring them to their senses Deliver them from their madness tonight. And we pray that they may turn, uh, turn in at the cross of Christ. Father, we just want to pray for our community tonight, for the village that we live in, the village that, that this church is located in. And for all the lost souls out there, we pray that they too, very soon, even tonight, Lord, that they would come to the sheep gate 
And for our family members tonight who are in such darkness, Lord, we pray that they will make their way to the place of sacrifice where Christ made that perfect, awesome sacrifice for them. Answer prayer, not for our sake, but for his sake. We pray in his name. Amen.